0: joined in this segment by the Honorable Mayor of Springfield, Jim Langfelder. Good morning to you, and uh, I guess my first question right off the bat is everybody's question. Is there any shot that we have to reopen to Phase 4 before June
1: 26th? Uh, well, I'm a, I'm an optimist, so I think there is a, a chance. I think, uh, you know, when you look at the metrics, especially, you know, I look at Sangamon County, of course, and that's uh, if you take out all the recoveries and all of that, we're uh, you know, we're like a less than 1%. I think for the region it's like 2% in coronavirus cases. And so, um, you know, I think there's a possibility. What I'm pushing for, if that can't happen, the restaurants, uh, we have to give them some relief and allow them to open up to at least a 30% capacity. I know I've said this previously, is going from 0 to 50% in July. I think you're better off gradually doing that opening and allowing them uh some relief from the financial relief stress that they have.
2: Well, and, and I would imagine, too, that kind of um, gives them the ability to get things in place and to see how it works for that particular business. Because, I mean, you're, you're going to want to be maintaining a social distance uh, comfort level, and they're also going to have to have servers, you know, doing the gloves and masks and things like that, especially for dine-in service. So how important is it that businesses that have been, you know, under these uh, essential, uh, essentially lockdown uh, for the past gosh, we're going on like three months now. Um, Right. Right. The 16th was when dine in service, uh, the 16th of March was when that ended. Uh, That the the governor put that prohibition out there uh, to, to try to cut down on COVID-19. So how important is it that businesses get this kind of heads up as to when things are going to happen instead of all of a sudden having phase four guidelines dropped on them uh, on the eve of the actual phase four kicking in?
1: Well, I think uh, hopefully most of them are ready. You know, they already have everything in place. Uh, I have heard from others that said I called up public health and they showed me what they need to do. And so uh, I think some restaurants are making that happen or getting prepared because uh, they should anticipate phase four is going to happen. So I think they're moving that direction. Um, So that is important. Uh, The other aspect is with regards to People dining out, you know, so they have an understanding where to go. But the servers and getting people back to work, that's going to be the challenge. But I've gotten calls from restaurants that say, we're not sure if we're going to make it to the end of the month. And that's a pretty – it's a scary situation where, you know, if we can help them, we should do that. And, you know, going another two weeks, but with especially with the metrics we have. It's uh, it's better, the sooner we can open up, the better for those restaurants.
2: Mayor Jim Linkfelder joins us. Um, why not just rely on the uh, the the County Public Health Department uh, to make this call and to be the ones that says, you know, th- have have them be the ones to determine whether uh, a business is able to open or not? Uh, shouldn't they just go ahead and t- you know, take that ability that they've had uh, all this time?
1: Well, I'm in agreement with uh, public health. It is a public health pandemic, and it's, you know, it's uh Directed through Illinois Department of Public Health and through the local public health department. I uh, watched Dr. Fossey, who's, you know, he's the expert, and he's even saying when you're looking at uh, schools and anything, you should be looking at a locality area, not through the whole state, but areas. And so that should be the dynamic or the metric. But, uh, you know, the other side of it, uh, I'm sure, you know, I, I look at all sides of it. I think there is concern with regards to businesses reopening. Uh, We had the protests, so really the watermark for me, I've been telling our directors, I think it's going to be middle of June, which is next week, you know, June 15th, or do you even want to go to that 19th? I think if, you know, you don't see a spike up uh, with cases, I think you should allow uh, moving in that direction um, of opening up, or at least, like I said, opening up restaurants uh, internally at least to 30%. Uh, moving that direction,
0: Mayor Jim Langfelder is with us on news talk ninety four point seven and nine seventy w m a y in the morning news feed Mayor, why not just go rogue? I mean we'd see the the, the threatened uh you know yeah, we see the threats you know got backing off from governor pritzker, you know i mean he threatened Madison county at first he's backed off of that or whatever. Why not just uh you make the call and say thirty percent now
1: well because uh really. Uh, I think the state has more information than what we might have, but I think as far as I, I've made the, uh, you know, I think what we need to make sure of is that we do comply. I was always a firm believer right out of the gate, and, uh, you know, you're seeing spike-ups in other states. You know, now there's 19. I think Arizona's received record numbers. They're busting at the seams with regards to the medical area. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'll continue to uh, Moving that compliance phase. It is a health pandemic. It's been kind of thrown in the mayor's laps across the country uh, where they don't have control over the health side of it. But when it comes to enforcement, now nobody wants to touch it. And then they want to throw it in the mayor's laps. And this is all mayor. So uh, really, there needs to be a, a coordinated effort. I'm a firm believer in that. That's why, you know, we will continue to comply and uh, continue to Uh, You know, give information to the governor's office and, you know, encourage them to take a look at our area, our region, and move in that direction. The Illinois Municipal League, um, and we're in agreement with it, you should be looking at every 14 days. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the standard that a lot of people are going towards. So I think that should be the case here. And the governor has uh, shown that he has moved off that dynamic or the Restore Illinois model. And got some flexibility when he felt comfortable moving that direction,
2: shouldn't we have the legislature do these types of things? I mean, I think I think the biggest criticism here has been there there are plans to you know have uh, public local public health departments be the ones that uh, dictate locally uh, whether an establishment is not uh, able to open to the public safely. Uh, and there's that whole question of due process involved here. Uh, I mean, shouldn't that be what we focus on instead of uh, a one size fits all approach? You you did say, look at things regionally, but then Mm -hmm. you're deferring back to the governor for a a kind of a one size fits all approach.
1: Well, uh, the issue with the legislature is uh, influence. Uh, I think they can be influenced. I get uh, political pressure or local pressure can be put on local entities, so that's that's the concern. Really, what we should be looking at, um, and we can't, the, the challenge for everybody, this is from the start, and this is gonna continue for the rest of the year. People should be wearing face coverings. I've been out and uh, you see a lot of people aren't wearing those. We should be wearing them there's no vaccine. They're projecting 100,000 more deaths uh, uh, come September. That's very concerning. I think people are kind of laxing uh, because what is missing is the consistency. But I'm a firm believer that uh, we're not out of this. I think uh, people should be wearing their face coverings. I think they should be uh, keeping their social distancing. And then that would give greater confidence for the governor to take action. But putting in the legislature's lap, I think, uh, you know, of course, the majority rules in that situation. But really, you have to have the leader that uh, makes that call and stands by it and really makes sure that the public health is held to that standard. But it needs to be in conjunction with the information and uh, what makes sense from the economics and that proper balance and moving forward. But, you know, our numbers are so low, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer that we've reached that level that we can, can move and I'll keep imploring the governor's office, at least allow the restaurants to open up to a lower capacity because it makes sense when you're talking about the metrics of health or the economy, we're at that level. Why go from zero to 50%? If you're really concerned, why not go 30%? And then you can gauge it for another two weeks. And if it's working, double it up or go to that 50%. If you take that jump to 50% and you're worried about the coronavirus, all of a sudden it's going to spread like wildfire. You're better off doing it at a lower capacity. and Like you said, Greg, allowing the restaurants that uh, flexibility to adjust and not go, you know, opening to that greater capacity and at least give them some lead time to work out some things, get some revenue streams coming and move in that direction.
0: Mayor, I know Greg wanted to get a little bit into the racial relations here and what we've been doing with that uh, and defunding the police and all sorts of other things like that. So, yeah, Greg, go ahead. We're
2: hearing about police reforms and uh, even efforts to um, you know, uh, change how police are funded or what kind of levels of funding there are. But what's missing from this conversation? Um, do you think that there needs to be a focus on, uh, economic expansion and, and, providing opportunities to where people can get out and make a living, regardless of what community they're in? How can we do that and focus it on some of these, uh, hardest hit communities, uh, in this conversation about, uh, you know, bringing equity to everybody?
1: Yeah, that's the uh, key component, the equity to everybody. And if people think that defunding the uh, police department is going to take care of racism, they're wrong. I mean, really what it does, it starts with each and every person. uh, And that's where we need to be focusing on is, you know, how do you eradicate racism wherever you live? And that's what we intend to do. Um, I think the uh, Alderman Turner and Gregory said, look at policies, and that's what we intend to do. We met with Black Lives Matter, um, the chief and I. And. Uh, got their, you know, kind of their thoughts and items, so we did uh, have some follow-up discussions, follow-up action items. But with regards to the economic development, that's the other piece, is uh, how do you do that, especially on the east side? You know, I think you're familiar with Governing Magazine, where it said there's a we're one of the most despaired cities in the state, and so it takes financial resources. The state is coming out with a... Uh, uh, grant opportunity through the c- criminal justice system. And that's real money because it comes from the cannabis sales. So uh, we're going to apply for that in many different facets Is what we're trying to do. And, uh, you know, there's are several areas that we can concentrate on. For instance, the uh, dilapidated housing. Uh, you know, I've been working with Calvin Pitts. There's another gentleman that they are working with young people, or actually young adults that live in the area, teaching them the trades. you know, electric, plumbing, uh, carpentry. Well, you take the housing, you use their program, and then you you know engage both together so you actually put people to work and uh, teach them a trade. It could be a pre-apprenticeship program uh, with the unions because they're not as diversified as others. Laborers have done a stellar job because they do it through Lincoln Community College. Other unions that are coming on board because they need the help and they'll get greater diversity. But not everybody wants to go to Lincoln so these are individuals that Calvin Pitts, has captured uh, their interest in moving this direction. The other thing with Popular Place, we've talked about that. We're trying to turn a dilapidated duplex area into single-family uh, units, uh, and that's in the grant process. So we should be hearing more about that hopefully soon. And then uh, you look at the Comer Cox Park area. That whole area is ripe for teen opportunities or development. So you got the Boys and Girls Club, you got the Salvation Army Community Center, and then that great uh, space a green space that we can, you know, use for kind of like a hub or a campus setting, you know, because there's properties over there. So we're going to uh, take a look at that for other additional opportunities and move in that direction. Last are a couple other pieces is TSP Hope. That's between uh, roughly 11th and 18th South Grand and Cook. That's a plan that's been on the shelves for a long time, never had the financial resources. That's why we extended the East side tip, and we'll relook at that plan and reengage the community with that, but bring it up to the level and get the financial resources to actually implement the plan um, and, you know, restore the structures over there. And then the final one would be, of course, the Pillsbury area that we talked about. I tried to get the TIF extended. So Madison Park Place used to be the Hayes Homes. That's fully developed. We'd like to extend the TIF to take in the Pillsbury area. So it gives us financial resources. We couldn't get it through the legislature because we didn't have all the governing bodies supporting it. So uh, this gives us the opportunity to, kind of put the pressure on them to write the letters of support for that dilapidated area that really needs financial resources to move forward. Yeah,
2: look at that. Uh, That's uh, pretty incredible. Uh, You've got a lot of different things going on there. Um, Let's uh, see all this come come together and uh, get those opportunities uh, ready, and uh, let's get people trained. Let's get people working.
1: Right, and the, and because that's our greatest asset is our people, and that, that's what we need to invest in. And those give us the opportunity to do that. But the one thing that the city has, and this isn't just a city. It needs to have private sector investment. They have opportunity zones uh, created to kind of attract investors. But we do have our utility. We are getting on firm financial footing. And how you use that as a catalyst for development, you can offer, uh, and this has been on the books for a while, never been used. I think the last time it was used when my father was mayor as a economic driver. So you can offer incentives if uh, uh, businesses are going to create jobs in certain areas. So you can use it uh, like in uh, the distressed areas. Uh, The other thing is extending our fiber uh, in the the east side, north side, and really building up the inner core infrastructure of, of the city. And that includes downtown where the universities want to extend. So that could be the technology campus Uh, with our fiber that we have as a great asset and making that happen. So all of that gives us a lot of potential. We have this window of opportunity that we just need to pull all the resources together. That's why, you know, I always call it connecting our resources um, economically, you know, core areas, C-O-R-E. And uh, that's what we need to be doing is bringing all the resources to the table so we all can work collectively to improve uh, those dilapidated areas and help everybody out.
0: Uh-huh. Mayor Langfelder, listen, thank you so much. I really appreciate the time, and you got to everything in four minutes. That was unbelievable.
1: <laughs> That's why I talk so fast, so I can get through it quick. There you go. <laughs> get it all in. Mayor, thank well, you so much. I appreciate the time. Yeah. You bet. No Have problem. Have a great day. You, you
0: too. Talk to you later.